What's up, everybody? This is Silence Your Cell Phones. I'm Jarrett. I'm here with my co-host, Tevin. Hello, hello. And this is number 11, I think. 11. That's a lot. Yeah, we've been rolling through this as our first week in Sports September. Sports September. Uh, so I hope all of you are enjoying following along with the themes. Um, but before we hop into today's topic, Kevin, I think you had a l- little busier of a weekend. Yeah. But were you able to watch anything? Um, I did. I watched a couple things. Um, I obviously got in um, the movies that we were supposed to watch this week, which was The Legend of Bagger Vance and The Fox and the Hound. Yeah. Which I hadn't seen The Fox and the Hound in a hot minute. But, uh, yeah, it it was, a, it was a reminder to me of, like, older, old school Disney. You know what I mean? No, no offense to to lauren at all um i watched i also watched major pain since it came out on netflix and (laughs) you beat me to it by like a week so that was the thing that i did um and then that was pretty much that was pretty much it for me i I got some tv in obviously i watched ted lasso great show on tv yeah we watched the uh uh what was that movie in the candy man we watched candy man um this weekend, however, I did not get to watch it with you, and that broke my heart. Yeah, but honestly, I'm not as disappointed because it wasn't scary, and so right. I feel like I didn't really miss out on Kevin being scared in a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's good. Um, I thought for sure I'd end up in your lap at some point if we did watch it together, but that would not have been the case. So your lap was safe, Yeah, uh, at least this round. There's and plenty then, more coming, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, October. I'm terrified. Uh, and then let's see, I watched, uh, I actually watched quite a bit of my hero academia for you weebs out there. Um, I'm getting called up and I'm pretty close. I think I'm like five episodes away now. So, uh, that was pretty sweet. And let's see, that's, that was pretty much it for me. Not a lot of movie watching, but, uh, hopefully this week I'll be able to, to get a little more in. That's what I'm thinking. I can appreciate that. Like I said, I know you had a lot going on, so it's hard to set aside two hours when you're going all out all weekend yeah yeah helping the parents move and then a disc golf tournament came up kind of last minute and then our D sash and then locals it was kind of a it was a really busy weekend for me so i will do my absolute best to get seven movies this week that's that's my goal so we'll see what happens but uh what did uh what'd you get into this week movie wise uh- uh, so I did Candyman. I did Fox and the Hound. I had Days of Thunder, so I watched that. Great. Uh, I watched He's the Man on Netflix, a, I guess, modern rendition of She's the Man from the 90s with Freddie Like Amanda, Amanda Bynes? No, no. He, I'm sorry. He's all that. He's get, all that. I get that confused. He's all that and she's all that. I get those movies confused every time. Um, <laughs> but he's all that. I forget the name of the actor, but it's got... Uh, the guy from Cobra Kai, his son. The, uh, are you talking the which guy from Cobra Kai? J- Johnny's son. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and it's pretty much the same premise as uh, She's All That from the 90s with Freddie Prince Jr., where a popular guy has to, he picks the loser girl to become prom queen as a bet but it ends up falling in love. This one is just popular girl picks the loser guy to become prom king, but okay. ends up actually falling in love with him. 
Um, not good, kind of cheesy, but it was good background noise. Nice. Um, like you, I watched Ted Lasso. I uh, caught. Isn't up. it a gem? It's perfect. Like <laughs> I, I can't say it enough. Um, I'm current on my hero, so I watched that. Uh, a couple other anime. I like Fiend of the Pirate Princess, all my stuff on my list for this season. Uh, okay. And I watched a lot of the challenge, which I always do. Right, right. Surely you're almost caught up by now. I think we have four seasons left. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I think we're I think we're on season 31. So yeah, so <laughs> somebody were to ask you what you accomplished over COVID season, it would be I watched every season of the challenge, 36 seasons of it. Or whatever yeah, it's to. like, I'll, I'll do that, but I refuse to watch One Piece. And I feel like it's just the same thing. You know, I was going to say that, but I, I didn't want to. I know it's uh, like a sore, like sore subject, so I try to not pressure you into watching it, but it is great. So yeah, I'll, I'll get to it eventually. Oh, man. So that was uh, that seems like you had a pretty busy week. Yeah, pretty casual week. Um, nothing too crazy. Try I'll try to get a couple more in this week. I know there's a the new John Cena comedies on Hulu, mm. vac- Vacation Friends. So I want to watch that. That looked really good. Yeah, I love Funny John Cena. Funny John Cena is best John Cena, and I'll that, I'll die on that hill. That is a good hill to die on. <laughs> but this week's topics, uh, we had if you could pick. A movie if you could change the ending of any movie what would you change and why and that was a really cool topic and i can't take any credit for it that's all you hey i did uh, a thing yeah so it was a lot harder than i thought yeah no there was a lot there was a lot to pick from um and i actually picked one of the movies that i have always thoroughly enjoyed it's probably probably somewhere close to my top 10 movies of all time i, okay. I love it that much um but i, I don't want to i don't want to spoil it yet if we're not are we starting now like is it am i doing this thing yeah do you want to start or do you want me to start i can start that's fine all right well they okay. kick us off all right so if i could change the ending to one movie how i would alter it and why here we go law-abiding citizen gerard butler jamie fox it was a phenomenal movie. I, the plot was the plot itself is is worth watching the movie, but you stack that with incredible acting. Uh, I, Jamie, I think this is Jamie Foxx's best role Ooh. to me. You don't think so? I mean, he was Ray Charles. He was Ray Charles. Yes, but that was, that was a really good movie. To me, to me, this is the one that I always think of when somebody says Jamie Foxx act you know, acting in whatever. And this is the movie that comes to mind. That's fair. Um, and, and maybe it's just a more personal connection, right? Like just something that I enjoy, like my aesthetic or um, my type of thriller movie. Yep. Um, and Gerard Butler, I'll, I'll pretty much watch anything he's in. I mean, I even like some of his, his rom-com stuff. Um, perfectly fine for me. Uh, but yeah, so Law Abiding Citizen, for those of you who don't know, uh, essentially, uh, Gerard Butler is just your everyday, you know, uh, white picket fence American family. He, he's got a wife, he's got a daughter, uh, 
um, and they're happy. And he's, um, you don't know this at the time at the beginning, but he's uh, like ex-military, um, served his country. So tip, just very typical American dream type of thing. Uh, when somebody breaks into his house and uh, kills his kid, uh, kill, kills and rapes his wife um, in front of him, they stab him. So he's laying there tied up watching, right? It was just this whole big traumatic thing. Um, and when he survives and when things like that happen, obviously it goes into the legal system. And uh, he was an eyewitness and they basically gave whoever he, whoever the bad guy was, they gave him a, a plea bargain if he would rat out the other guys, even though Gerard Butler knew that he was the person that killed his family, essentially, right? And so basically the movie's just Gerard Butler with this vendetta against the court system. And it's it's pretty savage. Jerry, you've seen the movie, right? You're familiar? Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. So to me, so essentially what happens is Gerard Butler like ends up the guy who murdered his family gets out early. Uh, he basically kills him pretty, pretty savagely. Like he paralyzed him and then started amputating limbs and things. He records it, sends it to the court. Um, and it was pretty graphic in nature. So they're like, Oh, this guy killed the guy who killed his family. They're trying to force a confession. And basically it's just Gerard Butler taking advantage of the system that is a flawed system. And he's basically pointing out the flaws as he goes along. Now, so, does he does he represent himself or is it Jamie Foxx that represents him? So Jamie Jamie Foxx is the um what do you call it? The is it the, it's not the district attorney. Yeah, so he represents himself in that's court. What, that's what I thought. And Jamie Foxx is the person who represents, I guess, the state or whatever. He represents the court. He, he, his job is to go in there and get Gerard Butler to confess or lose the case, right? Okay. So he argues against him. I don't know what that's called. DA, maybe. So, uh, so the movie ends with Gerard Butler, who's been 10 steps ahead throughout the entire movie. Uh, he has been leaving, going in and out of the prison using various disguises and a, a tunnel that he must have dug through the years that the guy was in jail. And he plants a bomb at the town hall and Jamie Foxx, who's like the protagonist of the movie, finds the bomb, plants it back in his jail cell. And it's just like unrealistic to me that he can just suddenly be faster than Gerard Butler, right? Like he, like he, like somehow he was able to catch up even though Gerard Butler was 10 steps ahead the entire movie and like basically sneak up on him. Right. I just didn't think it was very plausible and I didn't like, I just didn't like how it ended, like how such a good movie could end so poorly. You know what I mean? I get that. 
sometimes they just have to wrap it up, you know, and sometimes that shows like they just have to end the movie. Yeah, no. And that's, and that's fine. So, but let me tell you, so here's, here's what I would have changed. Okay. All right. Because I think everybody watching the viewers is sympathetic towards Gerard Butler's like case. Right. I was going to say you called Jamie Foxx the protagonist, which he was, but I don't think anyone watching that movie hated Gerard Butler. Right. Right. They, I, think every, they, I think everyone understood. Yeah. It was kind of like the, uh, a few good men, uh, Jack Nicholas thing. Jack Nicholas. Yeah. Jack Nicholas. Yeah. I always get them confused, dude. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, you know, there, there has like, there has to be a bad guy. Right. Yeah. And so you understand though, that Gerard Butler is doing the things he does. It's like a necessary evil, right? He's got to point out the flaws in the system. Otherwise, they continue to be flawed. And so, you know, the making deals with murderers should not be a thing, right? Yeah. You got, you got an eyewitness placing him at the scene, basically saying, hey, I literally watched this guy as I was bleeding out, rape and murder my wife. Like, you know what I mean? That should, that yeah, should, that should be enough. You would right, think. Right. So um, what I would change, here's how I would change the ending. The bomb in town hall, I'm perfectly okay with Jamie Foxx finding it. What I would have liked to see, though, is not him taking the bomb, leaving town hall, and putting it under the jail, right? I would like to see him, you know, and whoever's there, police, law enforcement, like disarm the bomb. Him figure out, you know, hey, this is what's going on. This is who planted it. They retrace their steps and they find Gerard Butler's little tunnel into the prison. Right. And they go up there and he's not there. And he and he just basically leaves, you know, yeah. in a cloud of dust, gone. And now, you know, we get an opportunity for maybe a sequel. You know, that would have been sweet. Maybe maybe Gerard Butler becomes like a vigilante and he starts doing things like that when the system goes goes wrong. You know? I could see that. So that so to me, those would have been some cool like avenues to to look at for this movie. Um, but I didn't like Jamie Foxx basically outwitting the guy who's been 10 steps ahead, the ex-military genius who basically uh conducted undercover not undercover what do they call them uh spec ops spec yeah spec ops assassinations for the u.s military like i I, there's no way an everyday da is is capable when a guy's had like seven years to plan and was so far ahead of the game you know yeah sometimes it's hubris though yeah and i think that's kind of like the direction that they they ended up going in with you know he basically draw butler he got cocky he, he thought he was farther ahead than he actually was yeah, and he, that's, you know he made a mistake right <clears throat> but everything that we'd seen in the movie basically told us that gerard butler's character does not make mistakes he was meticulous everything he did was calculated and and 
<clears throat> you don't expect a guy with so much on the line to make a mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so, true. That, so for me, if I could change the ending to a movie, Law Abiding Citizen, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. That movie is phenomenal. Yeah, it right? is really good. Like ending ending aside, the movie's just great. Um and you get to see great acting uh inside of a great plot which i really like i'm a big sucker for a great plot like if you tell me a plot you don't have to say anything else like i don't need the actors if you tell me a great plot something that's really cool i will go watch it just for that like just for the story so i get that so that was that's my that's my big thing uh that's the ending that i would change law-abiding citizen uh I'll have, to, I'll have to rewatch Law Abiding Citizen just uh just to see if I agree because it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. Yeah, man. Just just throughout the movie, just watch how everything is is so meticulous on the part of Gerard Butler and then and then the lackluster ending. To me, lackluster, but apparently they had they had a, a more um I guess what's the word I'm looking for? They had a better ending in mind for that movie, but there was some uh, some sort of a not altercation, but they they had like disagreements about how it should end on set, and they ended up going with this one instead of the other one, which was supposed to be like uh, more appealing to the viewer. I guess that's interesting. I wonder mm-hmm. why they decided that way. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody somebody higher up. You know, but it is what it is. Still got a great movie out of it, so I'm not complaining. But yeah, I mean, it was really good. I guess technically I am kind of complaining, but still a great movie. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you have to be able to criticize even great things, right? Right. So uh, that was mine. All right, Jared, I believe it is your turn. If you could change the ending of any movie. How would you change it and why? Well, I'm not going to pick the obvious one, which was obviously Titanic. Right. I think everyone, you know, you just put Jack on the huge piece of wood with you and the movie (laughs) ends better. Um, uh, So I picked a movie that I didn't like, but could have easily liked had, you know, they changed a couple things in the movie, the ending being one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I picked the Justice League. Okay. Because for those of you who know me, I absolutely hate a lot of DC's comic book adaptations. Uh, I don't think they do the source material justice. Um, so in Justice League, essentially, it's kind of their Avengers attempt where they get all of their big comic book heroes together under one roof, fighting one common enemy. Uh, so you have Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, The Flash, and Cyborg. Uh, they're fighting an enemy named Steppenwolf. Uh, he's a cosmic entity. Very big deal. Very big threat to the universe. And every step of the way, he has been better than all five of the Justice League who have never worked together are trying to figure out how to be a team, how to work together, how to 
move forward and be better with each other. Um, and then at the end of the movie, they basically just resurrect Superman and everything they've done for the movie just goes out the window and is pointless <laughs> because Superman existing essentially makes all of them worthless. Like he shows up, he's faster than the fa- the flash. He's stronger than Aquaman. He's smarter than Batman. And he basically just shows up and beats Steppenwolf in a five minute fight. And then the movie ends. And so for the two hours, you're like, Oh dude, this guy's really tough because five superheroes can't beat it. They bring back Superman and then it's over in five minutes. And it's just kind of like, well, why do we need the other five heroes when we can just have Superman? Yeah. Is that, that's like, uh, it's like if anybody gets this, any of my DBZ fans, it's like the Goku thing, right? Yeah. You know, you just know he's going to come back and save the day. Like there's no, there's no cap on his power. So he's like, his power is limitless. Like you said, he's faster than the flash. Like it basically makes other heroes obsolete. Yes. And that's not okay. Like whoever thought that would have been a good idea for an ending severely mistaken. You know what I mean? Right. And there's really not like a good way to have Superman in a film where he's not the solo attraction because he is written to be better than everything. And so having him on screen next to like Ben Affleck's Batman and, you know, Jason Momoa's Aquaman, he just is better than them. Like, I don't need Batman. He's just a dude in a suit. I have an actual alien God that can just one V one this dude and be like, like Steppenwolf it, like the fight was so easy for Superman that it made Steppenwolf not even look like he should have been a threat in the first place. It was that bad. Yeah. It's not even like Superman struggled. Like he showed up, fought this guy, like flew around the world, saved somebody, flew back, continued the fight before <laughs> anyone else could like do anything. <laughs> like it was actual just child's play. And it, it ruined an already bad movie. Yeah. Uh, so it's not, I'm not going to say that this would have saved the movie, but if you give me like an actual scene, like in the Avengers, when they all show up, when the aliens are invading and they start working as a team, you know, the Hulk is like, my secret is I'm always angry. And he goes off and you have Iron Man shooting blast off captain america shield and you see all this previous conflict being pushed to the side for the greater good like that's what made the avengers great because for the entire movie they had a cosmic threat and then they would quarrel amongst themselves because they were all you know thor was a god iron man was a super playboy captain america was by the book none of them worked well as a team but it all came together as a team. So if you give me that same kind of, you know, issues with each other amongst the justice league, but at the end they all start meshing. It's a tough, you know, it's a 20 or 30 minute fight scene where it's tough, long drawn out. Steppenwolf looks really cool as like the threat. we think him to be the justice league comes out on top because that's what they do. The good guys win. And then at the end of the movie, like a post-credit scene, they resurrect Superman 
and you can introduce him back into the universe that way. I think it's a much more fluid ending than oh, Superman's here, game over. Yeah, so that's I was gonna I was gonna say like the, here's the thing with the MCU and the Avengers movies. The the cool thing about what they were able to do is that so obviously there are stronger Avengers, right? Like yes. you're not gonna pit Thor against Black Widow. You know what I mean? He's a god. Yeah. Um, but they do a really good job of capping their power uh individually and they they also do a good job of enhancing each individual's abilities right yes and so you know you get even though they squabble throughout the movie you get a nice scene of like the black widow with hawkeye and they're doing their thing uh the hulk staying angry like you said he does his hulk thing uh, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, they're all doing their thing. They each have a thing and they're doing it to the best of their ability in unison to save our universe, right? Yes. Um, and so there's a, it's just balanced. And that's the problem that you have. That's the problem you get with Superman's uh, Justice League is that there might be balance amongst the others meaning Aquaman, meaning Flash. But when it comes to Superman, he has no cap. He is just better than everybody and everything. It, it's, I can understand how that would be so frustrating for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's not even like, even if you do decide to bring him back earlier, you don't necessarily have to show him being better than them. Like, he can still be Superman, but you don't have to show him in a foot race with the Flash where he smokes him by four miles. You know, because now the Flash <laughs> is just, he is an invalidated character. Like, why should I care about him? <laughs> He's when, got one thing, bro. Yeah, like, why should I care about the super fast guy when there's someone faster than him? You know, he Superman can be strong, but he doesn't have to, like, juggle people while Aquaman, who's, you know, arguably a pseudo god like thor right struggles with the same people like you don't have to diminish your other characters to make superman be superman you know you have to for him to be a compelling character you have to cap his power somewhere right or it's just not fun to watch okay so are you saying you would change it by introducing uh, superman later i'm saying the Superman coming back to life should have been an end credit scene or a post credit scene. I like he, sh it. he should have not been brought back to life until the Justice League beat Steppenwolf without him. Yeah. That, that, that would have been my change to the movie's ending. Is you bump Superman's resurrection back a little bit. You highlight the other five characters to where I'm invested and I like them. And then you bring Superman back at the end and you can introduce your next big threat, your dark side you're whatever that you need superman to fight because dark side is a bigger threat than steppenwolf obviously right. okay so. no i get it dude that that to me um that's probably a great way to use your 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 one change your your, your one mulligan that, that we're hypothetically giving you here uh the justice league so 
Um, especially you being the uh, avid follower of anything like superhero related, uh, just knowing you and and you read all the comics and you know that's like your that's like your shtick. You know that's like your that's your aesthetic. You you love that kind of stuff. So yeah, you know, when you when you say something like that, I'm inclined to agree with you because I just I know that your taste is very good when it comes to to that genre well thank you yeah. but unlike law-abiding citizen i'm not going to tell you guys to rush out there and see justice league because it's a waste of your time so <laughs> just, know, just know superman's the best and then you know you've seen the movie <laughs> tell us how you really feel jared it's true yeah <laughs> Okay, so there it is, guys. That is our, our movie that if we could change the ending, those are the movies, and that is what we'd have what what we would have changed it to and why. Um, I would love to hear some of your guys' thoughts, maybe on, on one of the movies we said, or your own. Uh, if there's a movie that you think should be included in this discussion, I'd love to hear it. I know Jarrett would love to hear it. Feel free to send us a message. You can DM us. Uh, if you know us directly, or uh, you can message us at Silence Your Cell Phones on Facebook with the subcategory of podcasts. Uh, you can shoot, shoot us an email at Silence Your Cell Phone, no S, at gmail.com, or on Instagram at Silence Your Cell Phones. Um, we can be reached through any of those platforms. Uh, Jarrett, anything else? No. Um, next week's topics, uh, we're going to go kind of back on to theme with um, this month for being sports. We, I know we do that a lot for the animated August. So let us know if you like us to keep the topic on theme or if you guys really don't care what we talk about uh, and you like these kind of like general stuff. I know we're going to try to switch up the topics a little bit where it's not always list or anything, just so it's not the same thing you hear every week. Uh but next week's topic, it's going to be we get to pick one coach, one fictional coach, and it's who we would want to play for the most, both of us being college athletes. Um, obviously, For, sports. Former fans. college athletes. Former college athletes. You know, let me dream of my glory days, Kevin. I know my knees hurt when I walk up the stairs now, but yeah. it wasn't always that way. Oh, good. Yeah, being former college athletes, sports resonate a lot with us. They're basically our entire lives up until we graduated. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a lot of good coaches out there to pick. Unfortunately, Ted Lasso is off the table. He is not in a movie as of now. So unfortunately, he cannot be picked. That's unfortunate. It is unfortunate because we would have definitely argued about who got to. Oh, there's no question. There, yeah, there's no <laughs> question. It might we might have uh, come to blows for that one. Yeah, that would have been a knockdown drag out. Yeah. So, um, that being said, let's go ahead and move on. We uh, so we did something a little weird last week. So last week, as you guys know, we had our very first guest, um, and super excited for the future of the podcast. I think it's something that we're going to want to do uh, fairly often. If you guys would like to maybe be a guest, lend us uh, some of your movie knowledge and expertise, 
Um, I'm sure we'd love to hear it. Shoot us a message. Uh, we might be able to make it happen. Um, you know, but last week we had Jarrett's sister, Lauren, on our show. And she gave us a movie to watch, Jarrett. She did. Uh, we were given Fox and the Hound uh, because I can't read a calendar. And I thought the 31st was on <laughs> Wednesday, which is when we were going to release our podcast. Yep. But the first is actually a Wednesday, which starts sports September. Mm-hmm. So we had to kind of call an audible um, and do a sports movie and watch Fox and the Hound because I wasn't going to let Lauren down. Um, that's right. So that's what we Ever. did. Uh, so we both watched Fox and the Hound. It had been a while for me. Uh, Kevin, I'm sure it had been a pretty good minute for you as well. Ages. Literal ages. Uh, it's still just as sad as I remember. Um, yeah, man. It's, it's Yeah. There's a lot of tough spots in it where I'm just like, man, how am I supposed to feel good in this movie? So it starts out in typical Disney Bambi fashion, right? With uh, yeah, the mom gets shot. <laughs> Todd's mom getting hunted basically and shot, um, and immediately uh, Big Mama, who's an owl, finds Baby Todd, who's a fox, uh, hiding in some grass. And she devises a plan to get somebody to take care of this little baby fox. And so she ends up making it happen with, I guess, an older lady that was nearby. Right? Yeah, the, yeah like the fence post that Todd was dropped off on is on uh, a widow's property. Um, so Big Mama and her two uh, bird friends, you know, fly into her house, grab her uh laundry off the cords and drop it right on top of Todd so she's forced to find it um where she quickly you know falls in love with him because he's an adorable baby fox who wouldn't uh and adopts him yeah basically he becomes part of the 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 family there you know he's he's a pet he's a pet like a dog um you know I was uh I really I hadn't seen this movie probably since I was 10, just to preface this entire conversation. So it was kind of cool to see um, how much I enjoyed it as a, as a nearly 30 year old, I could appreciate uh, the movie. It was incredibly sad at times. Here's one thing though, that kind of bothered me, Jarrett. Okay. So as you know, the adjoining neighbor gets a new hound, right? And there's an older hunting dog and, the hound the little baby hound and and so they copper and they end up like meeting and playing hide and seek or whatever it's this cute little two little baby animals a fox and a hound they're you know bonding it's adorable right yeah here's here's what i i didn't i'm not gonna say i didn't like it okay but like how quickly todd just became best friends with the hound right there's no like I couldn't tell where time was skipping until they grew like over, I guess a year, right. A spring. Yeah. No, it was, yeah, it was just from winter to spring. So probably six months. Yeah. Well, they both grew and, but the thing was, was the, the hound went on this hunting trip, right? Like shortly after they met. Yeah. And the entire time Todd's like, Oh yeah, he's my best friend. He's my best friend. I mean, he's a fox. 
I know, dude, but it's like, you know, you got Big Mama out there. You got the two birds, the cute little caterpillar. That will, you know. Yeah, but they don't like interact like Big Mama does, but in a mom way. And then the woodpecker and the bird go south for the winter as well. They do. They did go south. So they don't interact with Todd a lot. Like the only person he consistently saw day in and day out was Copper. Yeah. But I just didn't feel like it was long enough, man. Maybe it's just me being like too over overly critical of a child's film. Yes, I believe you are. (laughs) (laughs) You are overanalyzing the movie base for five year olds. Um, no, it was it was adorable. Okay. So the hound gets back and he's like a fully functioning hunting dog, mm-hmm. right? Like he goes and he gets little dead foxes. And Todd the fox is like, oh no, he's gonna be okay. He's still my best friend. And he goes over there and uh copper remembers who you know, obviously he remembers him and he basically says, Hey man, you like you need to get out of here because uh old dude here is crazy. And this dog, what was the older dog's name? Chief. Chief. Yeah. Chief. Uh, Chief thinks you're free game, bro. So if we, we catch you in this territory, like, I'm going to let you go this time. You know? So, like, it became this thing where Copper was, like, I feel like having an internal struggle with whether or not he should be hunting Todd. You know? Yeah. I guess the only part of the movie I didn't really understand was what makes you think you can shoot another person's pet? Hell yeah, bro. Like, like it's it's not like they don't know that Todd belongs to the widow. Yeah, that ac- across across the street or whatever. And then shooting the car? Shooting yeah. at the car? Yeah. Bro. No, thank yeah. you. Yeah, he was pretty wild. Yeah, no, sir. So, yeah. and then she just takes Todd and is like, you know what? I'm just going to go put you in a nature preserve because you've lived in the wild all of 45 seconds of your life. You'll know what to do out there. Like, come <laughs> on, lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he knows how to hunt or fish or do anything a normal fox can do because he's been living in your house his whole life. Yeah. So um, but yeah, you know, like the it was just there were so many sad parts. Like I was really upset at you know at the end of the movie when Todd bites uh copper. Did he you had, see that? Yeah, he had to copper no, let him out of the fire hole. I know, dude, but like it still hurt my heart, you know? Yeah. I was so I was so upset visibly. But I'm all for you know, Todd saved old man's life when he pissed off that grizzly bear. <laughs> yeah, he did. I, I would have just let the bear have him, you know. Yeah, that bear wasn't playing no games. And then the what was the older guy? He stepped into the leg trap. Yeah, that would have also that, hurt. Yeah, but it made me happy. <laughs> I, I took joy in that. Yeah. He said, Travis, that's what you get for setting traps for Todd. Yeah, especially Ooh. when you're not – it's obviously against the law to be hunted there. There's a sign. Right. So, that guy was all about doing some illegal activities. Yeah. Everybody, pay attention to signs. That is all. That's all I got. That's the PSA for the week. 
Thank Listen you for that. Signs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, look, I thought Lauren picked a great movie. Uh, it was a, truly a, a blast from the past. I loved it. It was a good wrap up to animated August. I think so too. It was a great way to end it. Went out on a bang with a, uh, with a, with a, with a sweet classic Disney movie, like classic, classic, you know? Yeah. So I enjoyed it. All right. Well, Fox and the Hound, we got that out of the way. Yeah. On to sports. On to sports. Sports September. We need a drop for whenever we introduce a new theme, like a, like an applause or something. I don't know if they have that on here. Probably not, but we'll have to play around with it. Woo! Uh, sports September. So you gave me one of my favorite sports movies. And it's in the realm of golf, which I participate in, but I'm not good at. And it had my one of my favorite actors to watch. Two, actually, if you include Matt Damon, because I do love I loves me some Matt Damon. Who doesn't love Matt Damon? Uh, Will Smith, the legend of Bagger Vance, is an absolute bop of a movie. And one of in my opinion, Will Smith's stronger acting roles. Thoughts? I agree with that. I I remember enjoying him in that movie. So that's more than when I usually watch his acting roles. So it had to be <laughs> one of his better movies. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you know, it was just really, it's just. So, so for those of you who haven't seen it, I'll break it down a little bit for you. Uh, Matt Damon. Uh, was a golfer in his in his younger days um, and then he ended up going to war I think this takes place in the 1930s maybe? yeah it's, it's world war one I, I think world war yeah world war one um, he ends up like being a war hero but he was kind of scarred by like his whole regiment dying around him and he was like the only person to survive he gets the medal of honor for it and he comes back home and he gets, he goes to drinking and he like splits with his girlfriend at the time. Who's played by uh, Charlie Theron, uh, her family. She met him on the golf course when he was younger because he was a golfer and her family owned the golf course. Well, uh, when he gets back and he's going through this difficult time, uh, she is trying to raise money for the golf course so that they can stay in business and she decides that she's going to hold a tournament of sorts with two of the best golfers in the world and one local person to, to take part. And it gets brought to her attention that she should invite. Uh, his name is Ranulf Juna. I think they just call him Juna. Uh, J-U-N-U-H. Yeah, something uh, like that. Yeah. So basically he gets invited to play with these pros in this tournament to raise money for this golf course. And while he's practicing, Will Smith's character kind of shows up like out of nowhere and starts basically saying, Hey, I'm going to be your caddy for the, for the event. And he's basically this character that brings the game back to Matt Damon's character. Right. Yeah. So it's uh, 
yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's a, it's it's really to me it's a beautiful movie too. Um, I love I love the aesthetic. I'm also a very big fan of being on a golf course and the peace that it brings. Uh, recognizing the 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 pure beauty of the game, and I think this is a movie that does a really good job. And very few movies do this. I I, I appreciate most sports, right? Um, a little bit differently. Very few movies can uh, capture that beauty and, and put it on film. Uh, this movie does a great job of that. I think them, uh, and it's nothing crazy, right? You don't see like anytime they hit a ball, it's not like, you know, the happy Gilmore where it's like, Foom! yeah, you know, every time you hit it, it's a true golf movie. And I think it's beautiful because of the lack of effects or anything crazy right well that's what i was going to kind of piggyback off you saying is golf is such a hard sport to make i don't want to say interesting but it's not a visually exciting sport right you know? it's not like there's a, people running into each other or you know high flying feats you know it's just a very consistent beautiful game and i think the movie really shows and respects the beauty of it yeah, you know, and it's a it's in a time period in the in the 30s where people people nowadays really and truly wish that you know we, you could go back into where it was just a more simple time, at least in golf. You know, you didn't have all these new age gigantic head drivers, right? Like everything was actually made of wood. Yeah. Um you know, it was just it's golf in its purest form, which I which I really love. Um, but yeah, so throughout the movie, like it's just basically Will Smith's character bringing the love back, bringing the joy back to uh, Juna, and he's playing with guys that really and truly should be waxing him. I mean, they, they, yeah. they, they're pros. They're some of the best in the world. Um, what I didn't know, Jarrett, before was that this movie was directed by Robert Redford. Fun fact. Yeah, I, I was, I I was not like aware. I, I did know that, but... Really? In, like, the back of my mind, it wouldn't be something that if you asked me, I would have known, but if you tell me, it would have, like, triggered. Right, right. So, and throughout the tournament, obviously... Um, Matt Damon's character falls back in love with Charlize Theron, and it's just like nice little feel good moment for the underdog. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm such a big fan of The Legend of Bagger Vance. It's probably one of my, it's definitely up there, some of my favorite sports movies all time. So, um, I appreciate that one, Jared. Thank you. No problem, man. I, I figured you had seen it because of Will Smith, but I know it's kind of one <laughs> <Right>. of those <laughs> sports movies that gets no love oh yeah for sure so, it, so doesn't, it doesn't get nearly enough so uh, i wasn't like, a i wasn't a hundred percent if you had seen it or not yeah i think also my dad like my dad my dad he's a pretty good like golfer um and so Ditto. yeah and so uh you know we would watch movies like this fairly frequently whenever we had the time so absolutely like the the greatest game ever played yeah, with Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. 
uh, also kind of a classic golf movie. That is a good uh, movie. Ten, ten Cup, throwback. Uh, Happy Gilmore, obviously. Caddyshack. A bunch of golf movies are comedies. Yeah. And I think that's to break up the pace of the actual sport. I was never... Okay. I don't want to get flamed for this, all right? Look, so I'm like, not a huge Caddyshack fan either. So Thank you. You're not going to get flamed by me. Well, it's just, you know, and I can appreciate it for what it was. Is uh, for, for the time, obviously, the one-liners, the, you know, uh, his, like, cl- classic, right? But, like, as a, just the movie, I'm, I wasn't a huge fan, you know? It was, yeah. it was, it got, it gave us some really good one-liners, and I, I can appreciate that. But, you know, other than that, it was kind of before my time, you know? Yeah, I think I saw it once, and I'll probably, that'll do me for, couple years yeah that's fair dang it i said it (laughs) (laughs) um all right so i gave you a sports movie and i i was trying to think outside the box so how'd it go did you mute yourself are you muted yeah sorry so so how'd it go i moved my mouse (laughs) so yeah you gave me days of thunder uh Loved it. It's got Tom Cruise. I'll watch anything with Tom Cruise. Uh, it had been a while since I'd seen it. And the cast in that movie is actually God tier. Really? Yeah. So you have Tom Cruise. Right. His love interest was Nicole Kidman. Yes. His kind of like his pit boss was Robert Duvall. Oh, wow. Uh, his, like, I guess the his rival for the most of the movie was Michael Rooker, which is the I same. love him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh John C. Riley was one of the mechanics in his crew. What? Yes. Oh no, I didn't know that. I'm telling Looking you. Looking at like, the cast now, that Carrie Elwes guy. Yeah, he was uh Princess Bride. Yeah. Well, he was also in a show that I loved called Psych. If you haven't seen Psych, watch all of it right now. It's so good. you had had randy quaid (laughs) as the team owner like the cast is actually bonkers yeah that's really good i i didn't even realize Uh, john c Riley's blowing me away right now i did i saw him on screen i was like dude that can't be who i think it is and i pulled up (laughs) imdb and i was like that is john c Riley. a young john 1990 a very young john c Riley. um so for those of you who don't know days of thunder is a nascar film uh, based around Cole Trickle, uh, an up-and-coming NASCAR driver. That's Tom Cruise's character. Uh, and the movie's not super deep. Like, There's not a lot, of, a lot to go over, but it's basically just the nuances of NASCAR and Trickle's kind of rise to the top of the mountain and the rivals he makes along the way. Um and at one point in the film, he has a huge wreck, messes with his mind. You know, he kind of gets the yips, as far as I would call it, for NASCAR drivers. Like, you know, he gets behind the wheel of the car the next time once he gets cleared, but he's afraid to go fast because he's so afraid of wrecking again. And it's kind of him overcoming that fear uh, and returning to his glory. So I hate to be that guy, Jared, but you just described Talladega Nights. 
Yeah. It is. I mean, honestly, Talladega Nights is kind of just like a spoof version of Days of Thunder. Yeah, exactly. Except, except for he's, I guess the Talladega Nights just starts with him being the best racer. Right. Not where you kind of get cold trickle kind of growing because he wants to be an IndyCar driver, but he thinks the best way to get to that is to show everyone he can race stock cars. It's funny because John C. Riley's in both movies. He is in both of those movies. So maybe it's just an alternate universe. Yeah. <laughs> um, you actually had a really, you've got a really cool story to tell about Days of Thunder and, uh, and a couple buddies of yours, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. So I know I kind of had like a mini shout out to it on our last podcast, but two of my really good friends back home, Cole and Kyle Cotton, uh, they're huge race fans. Um, you know, I was never really into NASCAR, but I could appreciate it for what it was. It was just never my kind of cup of tea, but I enjoyed it when they would tell me about it because their passion for racing is nuts. And it's even their dad, Mr. Stacy, who races, I think he does dirt tracks Oh, cool! Uh, on the weekends. He's awesome. He wins like every race he does. So Mr. Stacy's a boss. Cole and Kyle are always kind of like his pit crew. Um, Cole. Yeah, and was named after Cole Trickle. So he really never had a chance or a choice (laughs) but to be a gearhead. You know, and he actually, I'm going to read some of these because he listened to our last podcast. He was like, I have a couple fun tidbits about Days of Thunder, if you don't mind listening. No, not at all. I said, said, shoot him over to me. And so uh, Dale Earnhardt was supposed to play Rook's character, Rowdy Burns, the rival, but he turned it down because he didn't want to be portrayed as the bad guy, which is ironic because, you know, he was the intimidator. Yeah. That's, that's, (laughs) that's all he was on the track was the bad guy. You know, you get in his way, he's going to wreck you, which is essentially just Rowdy Burns character. Uh, There's a scene in the movie where Cole and Rowdy, they're kind of getting talked to by the, nascar commissioner and he's like look if you guys wreck each other again you guys are both booted you won't be able to race again and so to make sure you guys become friends or whatnot you both have to come to dinner with me and we'll talk this all out and neither one of them want to agree to have the other drive them so they both rent these two rental cars and they wreck them because they're (laughs) racing each other to the (laughs) to the uh, dinner to see who's better. Um, and that's apparently based off a story about Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Bodine. Bodine no way. Yeah, and they talked about, because they were the same kind of rivalry, they would wreck each other every week. And so the NASCAR president said, you know, you guys have to have this dinner. So there was a rumor about them wrecking, went out, when in all actuality, they rode a limousine together and got to know each other along the way. Um. That's really cool. And then the third fact and final fact that it gave me is that the barn where they filmed Rowdy talking to his car is still standing in Morrisville, North Carolina. It's where Dell Jr. was born and raised. And it's right next to like a Best Buy and stuff. So they they preserved the barn out in North Carolina. That's that's crazy. So I actually have a fun fact about Dell Earnhardt, if I may. Go ahead. So I, being from North Carolina, I know this uh, to be fact. The uh, 
Dale Earnhardt's family is from Kannapolis, and there's a team that they named the minor league baseball team out there the Kannapolis Intimidators after the home of Dale Earnhardt. So I thought that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. But yeah, so Cole Cotton knows his days of thunder. Yeah. Yeah. There would be no one I would rather have on my team if Days of Thunder was the topic yeah. of a trivia showdown than Cole, Kyle, and Mr. Stacy, because I'm sure they can recite it word for word. In fact, I asked Kyle a couple weeks ago, I was like, dude, give me a movie to watch. And he was like, Days of Thunder. And I was like, I knew that that was the movie he was going to tell me, like in my heart. And that's, that's what awesome. he gave me. Yeah. So I I love the movie. Um, I love Tom Cruise. I appreciate it because it's a sport that I believe gets portrayed very well in the movie. You learn a lot about NASCAR. Um, now, how accurate it is, I can't speak to it. I feel like it's accurate and that they did their due diligence. But like I said, I'm not a race head. Jarrett. Jarrett. What? In the movie, Talladega Nights. Yeah. Will Ferrell says, help me, Tom Cruise. <laughs> it's- My it's all coming together. My mind is blown right now. What? Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. I'm done with racing movies. Well, I mean, oh. you know, there's a bunch of similarities. Sasha Barry Cohen was a Formula One driver coming to NASCAR. Cole Trickle wanted to be a NASCAR driver going to Formula One. That's awesome. We could probably do an entire show about stuff like that. That's so cool. And I hope that's where they got their inspiration from i'll have to i'll probably dig into a little more of that now seeing all these weird coincidences i had dude that's so funny like i literally just thought of that right this second well when i was he thinks he's on fire he's like help me tom cruise yeah well when i was talking about the movie and then i got to the wreck i was like i'm literally just describing talladega nights (laughs) (laughs) like if i just read it out someone would be like that could be any one of those two movies (laughs) yeah oh my goodness that's great yeah so those were our first sports movies for sports september september sports theme however you want to say it it's still sports in the month of september uh so have you decided upon a movie you would like me to watch i have i have also done the exact same thing and I hope we have not picked the same one. I would be very surprised. Okay, that makes me happy. Go for it. What you got? Well, first, now I'm worried. What sport is yours pertaining to? If I tell you, then you'll know, so I can't. Okay. Well, I'm almost 100% sure you've seen this movie, but I think that's going to be the case for a lot of these sports movies, considering. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's my favorite boxing movie. Okay. And it's Southpaw. I loves me some Southpaw. Yeah, because I I get down with some Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's super slept on, and this movie Bro, was great. Jake Gyllenhaal and Eminem, excuse me, what? Talk yeah. about greatest collab ever. It was pretty fire. So, and Forrest Whitaker I yes yes i'm a i'm 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 really glad you gave me that one i love that movie it's a great movie um and i actually i haven't seen it in a couple years probably two three years i'll probably end up rewatching it myself sweet 
and Jake Gyllenhaal actually gets yoked for that movie. It's super. I yoked. didn't even know he was capable of that kind of yokiness. Yeah. Okay, that's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So, Jared, a few months ago, we had a conversation about our favorite sports movies, mm-hmm. and we said that this would be something that we discussed. This specific movie would be a movie we discussed because it's in both of our top fives. One of the greatest sports movies ever made. The sport is baseball. Okay. Are you, you remember? You, you remember in the conversation now? It's little a Brad major hit. Oh, Moneyball. Little Jonah Hill, little Moneyball. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, that, I've been, I've been needing that's been on my list to rewatch for forever so thank you yes yes i am like that i'm and i'm also gonna watch that movie i'm pretty sure it's on netflix it it is 100 percent on netflix so yeah for those of you who want to participate virtually in next next week's whatever by giving us ideas um and thoughts moneyball on netflix there you go yeah, dude, these movies are bangers. We're giving yeah, the people pumped. we're giving the people some good movies to watch. You know, and it's one of the things that's what I love about this whole segment is that it's not just us watching the movie. It's like we've got and, and I can say this because and it's kind of because it's kind of true. We've got people that listen to us pretty regularly, and I love it. But I also love getting their input and hearing what the, their thoughts. I think that's one of the coolest things about this is that. You know, we get to have uh, somebody else's ideas. We get to see it through a different lens. And that's that's something I look forward to every week. So I don't know. I don't know about you, but that's that's one of my things. Oh, I for sure. I love it. Anyone who will shoot me messages and talk and then, you know, I get their feedback. I think, you know, Dane let me know earlier today that Candyman was just like co-produced by Jordan Peele. So I was incorrect when I called it a Jordan Peele movie. Yes, I saw um, that. And Dane yeah. added me on Facebook, too. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, Dane's the man. He's got the McGlone Over the Top blog where he just covered Mr. Toad and Ichabod. So he's kind of making his way through Disney movies by year. So he's kind of in the 40s right now at the very beginning of Disney. Uh, great stuff. The dude knows what he's talking about. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I share it on my Facebook page. So if you want to read it, check it out then. I'll see if I can start linking it to our actual Facebook page as well. So you guys can read that. All right, sweet. So let's, uh, so I guess let's do the uh, movies to, or movie to look forward to. What are we, uh, what are we talking about on Monday for the new movie review? Next Monday, we got a movie that I've been so stoked for since I've heard about it. This kind of wraps back to, when I was talking about the Justice League. I'm a huge comic book fan. It's a character I've never heard of until they announced it. Uh, so it's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, anytime we get a new Marvel movie in the MCU, I get stoked. They're the best. It They are probably my most favorite movies to go see in theaters. Because I know when I walk out, I'm going to be able to talk about that movie for like six hours straight. Yeah, let's not do that because I probably have work the next day. When's it come out? Uh, Friday. But I get off okay. at 6.30, so if there's not a late show time, we might have to do it Saturday night. 
Okay. Well, then I'll be able to talk for six hours after. Yeah. That works for me. Yeah. So, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. I'm also pretty stoked about them. I think it's going to be awesome. It looks great. Every trailer I've seen has been phenomenal. Yeah. Other Um, other reviews have been good so far. Um, As, you know, be that what it is for you and your beliefs on critics. um, For the listeners at home. Uh, I tend to believe that. I mean, I can't really even subpar MCU movies are great movies. So Facts. I don't think, and this one's got such a big implications for the future of it all. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. I heard the cut scene is kind of a big deal. Yeah. I think it's, it's probably got something to do with Dr. Strange and Wanda and all of that. So, yeah. Have you, you saw the Dr. You, we, we posted the Spider-Man thing, right? That's oh, the thing that we posted. I've seen it multiple times. Okay, the Doctor Doctor Strange Spider Man collab. I am pumped. Yeah, that movie's supposed to be an hour and fifty minutes, so it's longer than Infinity War. Oh, that um, makes me happy. Yeah, I read that today, and then obviously we saw Doc Ock, and we got the Green Goblins laugh in the background. Mm-hmm. And I think Jamie Fox is coming back as Electro. So that movie is going to be God tier. Yeah. And then the, uh, sorry, I know I'm talking about trailers, but did you see the carnage trailer? Yeah. that could, Yeah. Woody there, Harrelson. There's probably not a comic book trailer that's come out that I haven't seen multiple times. Yeah. It's going to be an, ex- it's an exciting time right now for comic book films. Yeah. We love Woody Harrelson. We sent for Woody Harrelson loves me. Some, some Woody white man can't jump was like, one of my favorite movies growing up. Oh, it's actually. great. The first scene of him hustling, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Said, oh, it's I just hard got, making I just got lucky. <laughs> it's hard work making something this pretty look God. like a chump or a geek. <laughs> yeah, that was Wesley Snipes in his heyday. Yeah. yeah, it was. Oh man. So is that everything we got this week though, Jared? That is everything for the week. You want to end it or do you want me to end it? I'll I'll take it. All right. All right, everybody. As always, we love you guys. We appreciate you tuning in. Um, let us know if you have any thoughts or ideas for upcoming episodes. We'd love your input. Um, and I think that's all I got. And with that, we'll say scene. <laughs>